This is The Takeaway. I'm John Hockenberry. Thanks so much for listening. And pushback for Obama seems to be the word today over military action in Syria. Pushback at the G20 summit meeting in Russia, mostly behind closed doors, even though an official summit statement makes no mention whatsoever of Syria, speaking only of economic policy. There have been divisions reported, with only France solidly in favor of U.S. action in Syria. Meanwhile, in Washington, D.C., constituent voices seem to be pushing back against a vote in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee yesterday, 10 to 7 in favor of intervention. More on what members of Congress are hearing from their constituents later in the hour. But long before Syria entered the picture, the G20 summit was already distracted by the tensions between Russia and the U.S. over NSA leaker Edward Snowden and Vladimir Putin's decision to give the wanted fugitive asylum in Russia. Taking the long view of U.S.-Russian relations, this may be a particularly humiliating moment for President Obama in St. Petersburg at the summit. But is it a moment of in, is it a moment of influence for Russian leader Vladimir Putin? Joining us now is Edward Lucas, international editor of The Economist, author of Deception, the inside story of East-West espionage today. Ed, welcome. Hello, John. So uh, the uh, president, uh, President Obama, has certainly invested a lot in the U.S.-Russian relationship. He hasn't gotten much for it. Is this a humiliating moment for President Obama in St. Petersburg? I think it would only really be humiliating if he'd wanted it to go very well. And, of course, it was President Obama's decision not to go to Moscow before the summit, but instead to go and pay a visit to Sweden, the first American president to visit that country, a very big day for the Swedes, um, but quite a contrast to the previous kind of Russia-centred agenda where uh, Russia was the country that he really was trying to uh, strike deals with and, and get along with in the days of the reset, which he started his first term with. Those happy days, I think, are just a memory now. It didn't really work. It didn't work with Medvedev. It certainly hasn't worked with Putin. And now they're trying to make the best of it, which I think is to say at least let's not disagree in public more than we have to, which is a, a long way from the uh, way it started. So low expectations, if not zero expectations from Obama regarding this summit. What do you think in terms of Vladimir Putin's influence? Does uh, this chill translate into any sort of advantage for him at this summit? In a way, Russia's never been more on the sidelines. It's gone from in the 90s being seen as part of the global family of big countries that get things sorted out when Boris Yeltsin was president and we actually had Russia joining the G7, turning it into the G8, Russia getting involved in the ex the wars in Yugoslavia and forcing the dictator, the Serbian strongman Milosevic, out of power and getting that war done. And now we see Russia on the sidelines snarling with very vituperative, venomous anti-Western rhetoric which goes down very well with Mr. Putin's core voters back home, but doesn't really translate much into influence. The world is floundering trying to deal with this dreadful crisis in Syria. And Russia is there saying, we don't believe in unilateral intervention. We don't believe this evidence. We don't like this. We don't like that. And it's tragic in a way. It doesn't actually, I think, translate into a really effective Russia policy, but it is, is quite good for Mr. Putin's worldview in which the, the West is the source of all the problems. And economically speaking, it's just cash in Putin's pocket to watch the oil price rise in the midst of this crisis? Yes, there's an interesting distinction here between Russia and China, that China doesn't want a big war in the Middle East. They would be terrified if you had an Iranian attack on Saudi Arabia or something like that, because they're a big oil importer. Russia as a oil exporter benefits every time the oil price goes up. It's just more free money to keep the regime afloat. So they have some interest in instability in the Middle East. 
put uh, as far as Russia is concerned. This crisis can go on and on, and uh, there are economic benefits to flow from that because of the oil price. Edward Lucas, thanks so much. My pleasure. Edward Lucas is international editor of The Economist, author of Deception, the inside story of East-West Espionage Today.